1: (音楽) .
0: this year where we come out and we try to take it to the next level and uh, we did man we did you know in basketball it's a funny game the ball bounces differently sometimes you know we, maybe we go and we take that thing to 11 or 13 but uh take Heart hard a tough tough team and they're resilient man they know how to win
2: hello everybody and welcome once again to courtside with joe morelli joe morelli of course is the head boys basketball beat right Hurst connect Media group and game time ct and I am your host, Sean Patrick Bowley, and welcome back to another exciting episode. We have reached the postseason. We're just about, we're actually, as we're recording this, we're just about to wrap up. We have a few more tournaments to figure out, but we have tournaments uh, figured out in, in the SCC the NCCC, the NCCC, as you see, the CCC just dropped today. Uh, still the FCAC and the NVL have figured it out and, uh, and SWC. the SBC. We got a lot of stuff going on at the top of the show. You heard a little bit from the wild scene over at the Sacred Heart. It's a, what do they call this? Alumni Hall. Alumni, one, of the, right? one of the three alumni halls we have in right? the state. I always forget. I almost called it the Palace for a second. I didn't get to go, but Pete Pagwaga did. And you heard some interviews from that game. You heard from Lorenzo Washington, their uh, Sacred Heart's great card. They're, they're one victory away as of this recording for capping off another undefeated nvl season 20-0 season uh just absolutely incredible Looked like a great atmosphere sold out just like the windsor east catholic game a few weeks ago sold out well before tip time Uh, a lot of disappointed people trying to get up there to see that game against naugatuck but you heard a bit from lorenzo washington you heard from john carroll the head coach about their great effort and then you heard from naugatuck coach mike wilson a great effort by naugatuck just couldn't pull it off it was pretty close Pete even said, it was funny, the last time that he had seen Sacred Heart play, they actually lost, and but he was not the kiss of death this time, uh, so, and they, they were able to take care of business. Just a great atmosphere, a great game. Joseph, what do you say?
1: Yeah, it, it really was, and to, just to compare and contrast, uh, first of all, the difference with Windsor and Eastcott, the, the game was sold out. Tickets were sold ahead of time. It was sold out on Thursday afternoon. So yeah. anybody who went up on Friday without a ticket, you're a fool. Yeah. So you shouldn't have gone up there. But if you got in, great. I mean, congratulations. I mean, they only see 800, and people are like, well, maybe they should have moved the game. To me, Sacred Heart earned the home game. Why should they have gone to play yep. with it? And, and let's be honest. It's one of the rare times in my long career, and, and even going to games before I was a journalist, um, where the away team had the bigger crowd advantage. It wow. was noticeable if you were there. And if they do play, I assume they're going to play, it will be, in the final now, a week from Wednesday, it's going to be a sizable advantage for Dr. Crowdwise. Um, but what I will say is I thought this was the year Sigurd Howard would come back to the pack. Yeah, I was wrong. Guess not. And you know what? Hey, good for <laughs> you them. You figured they, they wrong, right, finding, Joe? Yeah, I figured <laughs> wrong. I keep finding, listen, Lorenzo Washington, Connor Tierney, Caleb Samson, they did not panic. They were down nine in the third quarter. They didn't panic. They got down to three by the end of the third quarter, and they took the lead. And Lorenzo Washington, just nobody's been able to stop him all year long. And they just find ways to win. Connor Tierney, the seven footer, fouls out with five and a half six six minutes to go. Doesn't matter. They actually were better without him. Um, Avery Hinton had a great game for, uh, for Nocturne, 28 points, 17 rebounds. But Sacred Hard just again finds ways to win. They're going to beat Torrington tonight. They're going to be 20-0. and They'll probably be the top seed in one they're going to pass, NFA, because they're Ooh, both going to be 20-0. and 0. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, I thought because you lose to players like um, – Lose players like uh, Nate Tabor and, and Jamal Saunders and so on and so forth. But they just keep finding ways to win. And they have, what, won 123 straight NBO <laughs> games. The last loss, 2014 NBO final. Wow. Crosby beats some. Mustafa Heron as a sophomore didn't play in that game. Right. It's been that long. Somebody's going to beat him someday. I thought I was gonna. I honestly thought it was gonna be that night. It wasn't. Well, and maybe they face each other again. Yeah, and we'll, was, we'll see if something's different. The and N, uh, the NVL will
2: have something to say about this. I mean, Nogatuck Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to be the number two seed in the NVL They term, will. Yeah, yep. they're going to be number two. Uh, That's looking like another showdown. if They can get to the the championship game, like you said, a week from Wednesday. Um, I mean, it, this isn't over by a long shot uh, no. as far as the NVL is concerned. I mean, Naugatuck right there. You know, maybe it's be a, a great
1: th- game. I wish I could be there, but the SEC is probably going to be calling my name. So, <laughs> but um, we'll have some. Great. We'll have somebody there. I'm it's sure. going to be a great game. And I, I just listen. Uh, I, Naugatuck, I remember the thing about the MVL, at least with the public schools, they get behind their team. So, yeah, I remember Naugatuck beating Career at East Haven High School a few years ago when they went to the final and they lost to Benell. Yep. Uh, and when, the, that's when they Bunnell, were, they showed up. They really they showed bring up. they and, and the Waterbury fans will jump. The NBL fans will jump behind. Absolutely, the, uh, the NBL is Morse very much, heart.
2: very the, heart. yeah. The NBL is very much like it, it, Old when
1: school. they're
2: when they're against each other, they're against each other. But they back their whoever their horse is, they back them. You know the Crosby right. people, they they they're they're with you if 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 you're Sacred Heart, they're with you. Kennedy will be, you know, you name it. They they're very. It's very regionalized to the point where you know right. it's, it becomes in the tournament. Them the NBL is very powerful. They want to you know. They love to to stack up against the other leagues because let's face it, they get kind of they get kind of you know ragged on a little bit as far as like football is concerned. No, it's just Ansonia. it's a little bit different there. But when the NBL does really well, they back, everybody in the league backs each other
1: because it's almost like them versus everybody. And let's put it this way: you got Nogatuck in Division Two; that's going to be a, oh, yeah. they're going to be hard to beat. I mean, Avery yeah. Hinnant's a manchild six five six six. Oh my god! They have guards; they got athletes. It's they're going to be hard to beat in Division 2. Look out, Prince Tech. Yeah, that's going to be... I tough. mean, that'd be a great game. I mean, I don't... I, again, I will wait to all of the good t- Division 2 is pretty, it's pretty very, good. It's a very... Like I said, there's a lot l- really Like I said to Prince Tech a few weeks ago, there's a lot of name by it, but there's a lot of really good teams. I mean, in right. Division 1 stacked. Division 2 is pretty good. you got Crosby in there as well and yeah. Staples and Xavier. We'll, um, we're going to talk about Xavier in the next segment when we have... Uh, Chris Juicy joining us at right. NFA, so... Right, I mean, we're going to have
2: Chris Juicy from NFA, who just completed an undefeated right. 20-0 season for the first time since 20, uh, 2007.
1: He's one of two. but Tech being the other one, they, Sacred Heart goes for the undefeated season tonight. Um, but anyway, just to wrap up, it was a great atmosphere. Uh, I'm glad it was sold-out game. And, there, and another note, as we mentioned on Twitter, it was great to see Frank Bineski was there. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we have talked on this podcast about he lost his wife, Sheila, Um uh, during uh, uh, last month, to um, to cancer, and um, he's having a hard time. But you know, what? I think all the people will go up to him and say sorry oh, yeah. for you, and they're just gonna make him feel good because when, when he's at the game, he'll feel like it's he's like he's, good. he's with family. You 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 can soul. yeah.
2: You grieve with the rest of your family, and I'm sure. I mean, I wasn't there, but uh,
1: was that his first game? No, he had been to a couple of those okay. with his grandson, but was the first one by himself. Okay. So I can't imagine it's easy making that ride. No. But you th- now think about it, people. Now, you lost your loved one for 50 years. <sighs> you've been married. Oh, my goodness. You make the tr- you make the road trip from Suffield. I'm, I'm using my hands like I'm pointing, like it's on the map, and nobody's here but Sean. Down from Suffield to in- to that game by yourself for the first time. I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. I've only been married six and a half years. What's so, going through your head and yeah, you know, how the emotions. And yeah, it's not thinking. easy for him. And uh, I, I, if you know him, give him some love. I mean, they're supposed to be honored for the uh, state finals. Yeah. The Mohegan Sun. Well, but, absolutely. Well-deserved. But anyway, it was a great atmosphere, and, and I'd be shocked if they didn't play each other again.
2: Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And uh, some of the other tournaments that came out this, uh, we, this week, obviously the SEC is going to get a little bit of play there. You know, Notre Dame, West Haven's your top seed. Hill House is your second seed. They got the buy into the quarterfinals on right. Saturday at Brantford. Uh, just quicking on that tournament, uh, you know, I mean, I think everyone's kind of looking at it in, in the Hill House showdown. I mean, they haven't played in the
1: regular season. Correct. It's kind of like a few years ago when this – not, not as much hype as no. the, the Tremont year. But I tell you what, it could be a really good crowd if those two teams – but listen – you got West Haven, you got Hamden, you've got Shelton's had a great year. We haven't talked much about them on Absolute, the podcast, No, we have not. We have not, but they also have not really played their schedule. I mean, they're in the division. They won their division. They they beat the teams in front of them. They've lost to Sheehan twice. I'm interested to see how they do. They uh, I think they drew uh, the threes. Like I said, they drew Guilford. So there's chances are they'll face either Amity or Wilbur Cross in, at Branford. So I'm very interested to see, hey, here's your shot, the defending champion. At Branford High School in one of the quarterfinals, here's your chance to say, Hey, we belong too. So, and, and they, yes, I've seen them. They're good. Really and interesting. They're in Division
2: III, yeah. too. So. Oh, right. Uh, it actually tips off the SEC tournament. It actually tips off Wednesday night. Uh, yeah. Prep and Law get a little, get a little, yeah, they jump don't have any
1: offense. room at Alumni Hall. The, the Alumni Hall is not available. And as right. we have mentioned, Alumni Hall will be closing. I'm interested to see where Prep will be playing their games next year, but that's another story for another right. time. But yes, and then, uh, obviously you got the other games go ahead Sheen. yeah well yeah west haven north haven's in a, a game
2: uh, and then foreign winners will play each other in the quarterfinals you have a very interesting matchup she and Xavier she Xavier has always been it's a double That was a double yeah.
1: overtime game Matt Sheehan this year the other I think Xavier I think Xavier swept them so Xavier so, Sheehan really interesting uh the winner
2: gets to play Hill House Shelton Guilford obviously as you mentioned and whoop across Amity those two uh Games there they they play in the quarterfinals uh, at 4:15 at Brantford. so uh, you know obviously the Brantford games are v- very interesting and Notre Dame and Hills get a get a little buy into that round we also saw the CCC tournament drop this morning um, uh, they had some uh, I guess I had a little bit of a seeding mix up there and looked like Hartford Public was in but then not and so here's uh, quickly the CCC tournament uh, Windsor and Bloom Windsor is obviously the number one seed uh, East Catholic is the number two seed Tolland in number three. Four is Northwest Catholic. so, um, But it's all stacked. I mean, the CCC, again, has been a great, great tournament. I mean, great, great league all season. I think it's been the best league in the state this year. Obviously, you have the one, two teams there. You have Bristol Central, the seven seed. You have uh, teams like Northwest Catholic. You have teams like Conard and Glassbury and Avon and, you know, Farmington sitting in there. So, very interesting. No buys in this tournament. Windsor, Bloomfield. It, and in the 116 Farmington Middletown, the 8-9 they play in the quarterfinals at Buckley, and then you have the four four seed Northwest Catholic versus 13 Conard, and then five seed Manchester versus 12 Southington. The winner of those games go to the quarterfinals. East Catholic Enfield, Bristol Central, New Britain. Winner of those games go to the quarterfinals. Tallinn Weathersfield, Glastonbury, Avon. How that does w- a
1: how does an East Bristol Central quarterfinal grab you, Sean, if you're there on Saturday? <laughs> Oof. That grabby? Get your tickets now. That is going to be a mob. It will not, it will not scene be a forty-point 40 game this time.
2: No, no, absolutely not. No. We talked to Donovan Klingon last week. He said he and just wasn't under the yeah in yeah, Tim Bear, the head coach. But but Donovan said he was not feeling it that day. He was under the weather. So uh, hopefully he's going to feel a little bit better now and we get over that rematch. If if that's the case, I mean you can also see Windsor Farmington, Northwest Catholic, Manchester. I mean the. The quarterfinals of the CCC are, are going to be if if that if you get that get your tickets now. Well,
1: it's interesting now. Windsor just beat Bloomfield by thirty last night. They're going to get them again, right? So then they possibly face Middletown, who the Middletown again way back in December back up at Trinity College, as we've talked about on this podcast. If you've listened, you know um, Middletown had a chance to beat them but didn't, and Windsor was able to su- su- survive that game and again beat every other Connecticut opponent. Um, like I said, Northwest has struggled of late, but they're still going to be a tough out. You got Manchester and something, as you mentioned, in the bottom half. I mean, Talon's a team we haven't really talked a no, lot about this year. One. Three, but, I was like, what? <laughs> but but they have beat everybody in front of them except for East Catholic, and they got beat badly, like a lot of other people, by East Catholic. So I'm interested Talon, how they uh, do.
2: Talon's already screaming at the Harvard Current, Sean McFarland, like, hey, you're, you're sleeping on
1: us. He's like, well, <laughs> you know, they're getting, hey, look. Well, get up. You go, go. Be, go win a couple show of out. games, get to the semis. And, yeah, show out. And get to the be, semis. That's going to <laughs> be, be tough. It's not, not going to be easy. you got Glastonbury. He's a, pr- a tough team with pedigree and, and, But the you know, they had a very good year. Listen, they're getting votes in the polls, so they're yeah. not getting shafted. So, um, the other
2: two major tournaments, the uh, SWC and, uh, and the FCAC I mean, the is obviously immaculate it's to lose, possibly. I mean, you could yes. see somebody in there. But right. the FCAC is completely a
1: mess, as it's been all year. Well, Richville will be the one if they win tonight. Trinity Catholic is... Vi- Hasn't has not lost since Malcolm Newman uh, joined yeah. joined the team after sitting out the first ten games, and he makes it provides another dimension for that team. And it's a very dangerous team in Division One that a lot of people are aware about. They're in that middle road lurking. I mean, I thought they were it looked like they were, it might be in Hillhouse's bracket as a possible second round game. That's scary. Yeah, because again, I mean, they, we haven't seen them play anybody with this kid other than the FCX school. So mm-hmm. and. Uh, this is the team everybody thought would be. I don't know if they knew about Newman or, or what, but regardless, it is a mess. It is a lot of, but it will all be so And I tell you what, the Fairfield schools are good. We the Ridgefield is better than we thought, and maybe even better than the coach thought. Who knows? Right. But I St. Joe's is there. I, I think it's either Ridgefield, St. Joe's
2: surviving. Damn, damn, uh, damn! Last night, double yeah. overtime. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, uh, Paul Fabri with forty points. Uh, yeah. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, we'll see. Chris Giusti is going to be joining us, the uh, NFA coach. Uh, obviously, as we mentioned. Just you know, quick on of, the – yeah, Well, go ahead. Well, one of two undefeated teams. Uh, we, we had touted – we, the media, thought he, the MP would be the preseason favorite. He was ranked all year in the top ten. And listen, it is not easy to go 20-0 and people. You may have in the ECCA. Yeah. But well, you know what? You go out there. You go try. And uh, obviously, we're going to joke with him about uh, a couple of the outfits he's been wearing and <laughs> and so on and so forth. But obviously, listen, NFA is a proud program when Neil Curlin was coaching him. And, and Sean here knows a lot of their football players. They have a <laughs> lot of multi-sport athletes. Yeah. And, and they're obviously a very talented team. Somebody you cannot just dismiss in Division I.
2: Um, Just to talk about quickly, the ECC tournament. You know, already, you're looking at a, a you know, Northridge Academy has a, they're, they're going to face the winner of the play-in game, Woodstock Academy, Baking Academy, right? Um, in the first round, and then the win, and then the winner of the NFA game versus that, the, the winner of the NFA game in the quarterfinals will potentially put. Pl- look at that, Waterford East Lime in <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a lot of names, but that was a, that was hoping we were final last year. Obviously, East Lime fell on hard times without Dev, and, yeah, and, and obviously just struggled this year. I, I don't, they didn't even make the state tournament yet. They didn't make the league tournament. Um and obviously Waterford is in Division Two, and you know what? They're they're going to be a dangerous team in Division Two. I'm not going to want I wouldn't want to face them. And you know what? They could give NFA a hard time. You never know, but uh, chances are NFA moves. Yeah,
2: on. and then you have the other side. It's weird seeing New London down there at seven, but uh, they play Fish Age Brown, who scored his thousand points the, uh, last week. So right. congrats to him, Fitch One of those dangerous teams that we'll talk about. And then and, and, you I mean, saw yeah. them. So. Yeah, I did. I saw them against uh, Prince, Prince Tech. Tech, and I thought they were pretty good. I like Brown. I thought he was really good. He's, he's obviously fires up his team and everything. And, and then on the other side, you have Ledger and Stonington in the other uh, quarterfinal game uh, on uh, February 27th. So uh, the winner of that uh, obviously goes to uh, Mohegan Sun Arena, and they also have the Division Two bracket. And, you know, usually that's just been St. Bernard has just wiped the floor of that uh, tournament. Over the yes. years, we'll see. I mean, they have won three straight As, since they've gone two divisions. Saint Bernard has completely dominated the proceedings there, so I don't know if you see anything exciting happening there. But
1: no, you know, we'll not see. really. I think Saint Bernard is theirs until somebody beats them. Yeah, Saint Bernard. Anyway, so, so yeah, let's uh, let's jump into our interview with Chris who'll be joining <laughs> us right after the break here on the courtside with Joe Merely podcast. Come on back. Welcome back to the courtside with Joe Merely podcast. Our guest today. You just completed an undefeated season, twenty and zero. Norwich Free Academy coach Chris Juicy. They beat Xavier last night. Chris, congratulations on the undefeated regular season. Welcome to the program. I don't need to ask how you're doing. I'm sure you're doing just fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, quick, quick turnaround. Thank you guys for uh, for having me on the show. Great honor. Uh, I listen to it every week, and uh, you guys do a tremendous job promoting high school athletics. It's great for the kids. You know, I'm an educator here at NFA and. It's just great to, you know, get the kids the attention that that they deserve for for working so hard throughout the season.
1: Yeah, and
2: I want to I want to thank NFA for allowing me to use their their uh, photo they put up last night. I th- I think it was one of your top players, but uh, so we could use it for our ECC tournament bracket. Oh,
1: <laughs> that's where you
2: got yeah, it from. Yeah, yeah, I was I I just oh. tweeted at NFA. They're like, "Congratulations." And then I was I put in there. I'm like, "Hey, can I use that photo by the way?" <laughs> there was a really nice one of the day. Who who was the the kid with the glasses? Mason Jackson. Yeah, it was a great shot of him with all the kids, and he was in a mosh pit. It looked like, it looked like a really nice scene out there.
0: Yeah, we have, we've had tremendous uh, support from the community and the student section. Our, our student section is probably... Uh, the best it's ever been in my twenty years here. They're they're super organized. They use social media to come up with themes, and and they were jamming last night.
2: Yeah, they get into it. They were all. I saw an all caps tweet from them last night celebrating the twenty and zero regular season. They, yeah, they they're definitely into it. What is it? The NFA? What are they called? The NFA mob or something? I don't know. Yeah, they, I, I'm not sure. That it's just
0: <laughs> the student section, and they and they they really take a lot of pride, and I, I give a lot of props to those kids. You know, they they've. Taking it to another level in terms of organization and and just school spirit.
1: Well, Chris, you were touted as the preseason favorite in ECC Division One. You had gone to the final there last year, lost to Waterford at the Mohegan Sun. Um, I don't know if you expect to go twenty and zero. Are you surprised at all?
0: I mean, you know, obviously as a coach, you you go into the season one game at a time, and and um, you know, I started I started getting some tips to to how um, confident these guys were in football season you know Xavier Marquez I said this to the paper last night so I might as well tell you guys Xavier Marquez comes into my room in October and and I'm like Xavier a uh, great football season and keep it up and he's like yeah we're gonna have a good football season but we're going 20-0 in basketball. And Did he really <laughs> say that? I'm wow. working on I'm, I'm working on my lesson plans here and I'm like I, I better start looking at some Opponents that are my schedule, <laughs> um, and then you know, th- you know Mason comes in a few days later, and and Jared, and they're all saying the same thing: we're not losing. Um, and they just, you know, I think last night was kind of a microcosm of the confidence that um, they play with, because uh, for the first time in a while, we, we had our backs against the wall. Uh, Xavier played a tremendous third quarter and, and erased a, a 14-point. Uh, deficit, wow. and um, you know, late in the game, it's it's tied with you know just under three minutes left, and we just made huge shots. I mean, Nolan Molkenstein hit a three from the Coke Machine, and it <laughs> was just um, the crowd was going crazy.
2: How many how many football players do you have on the team this year? And I, I Nolan I recognize, and then I guess Xavier as well.
0: Yep, Xavier, and then another uh, key contributor, Max Pierre Luis. Mm, okay, uh, was a was a critical piece of the football team. He's the if you remember he's the guy who caught the hook and lateral. Yes. He he caught it and he lateraled it. Um <laughs> right. and that went over killingly. So so and he had a big he had a big catch and in, in finish late in the game last night. Somebody whipped a pass, I think it was Xavier or Jared, whipped up whipped like a eighty five mile per hour fastball down the pipe when the when Xavier was pressing us and he caught it and laid it in and that gave us some breathing room in, in the last minute and a half.
2: So that's a tall order, you know. For you have a, some key guys on the team this year who played football. I mean, they didn't go to the state championship, so that might have helped a little bit. But um, you know, that's that's tough. You got to get your basketball legs under you real quick if you're going to go twenty and zero. That's so that's some bold talk from Xavier.
0: Yeah, and I think you know, not, I don't know, you know, how many people really know about the makeup of our school, but it's it's kind of a misnomer that you know we're this you know huge school that has like all these you know athletes that yeah, are specialized right. i mean we we're just we're we're just like most other high schools where we rely on um athletes from multiple sports and w- the makeup of our school is you know we draw from a lot of very small towns mm-hmm. um and that's what ma- that's what makes us big but we don't really have a a huge city that we're drawing for from right. And, uh, you know, Nor- Norwich in and of itself would, would be maybe a medium size, mm-hmm. um high school if it was just Norwich kids. And then you just got all these kind of very small surrounding towns that, you know, they have, you know, graduating classes in their middle school of, you know, like 50 kids or, or maybe even less sometimes, and, and they send their kids here. Um, so you're so, getting, so you're getting a lot of the... We have some international... It, Go ahead.
2: So you're getting all a lot what you're saying is you're getting a lot of the there's a lot of repeat uh, kids who play multiple sports and they're the same guys who kind of absolutely
0: so, yeah. absolutely we don't have like we don't have like a you know a traveling band of uh, basketball <laughs> players that's you know playing year round these guys are playing multiple sports and um you know like i said i just mentioned max you know he's so the track coach raves about him he said he could be one of the best high jumpers in the history of the school and we have a prestigious track program mm. so um he's he's he has a chance to get 12 letters Wow. Um so and then you even you look back some of the great, you know, players um in, in NFA history, you know, um Mark Jones played football, RJ Evans played football yeah. and did track, you know, Marcus Outlaw obviously um got a scholarship in football, and so um we rely on, on the multi sport athletes here.
1: Well speaking of what what is that triumphant of kids, Marquez, Mason Jackson? and uh, Martin meant to you and to this program this year? What have they done to lead and do little things to get you where you are?
0: Yeah, and and you got to put Nolan, Nolan in there as well. You know, Nolan, Mason, and Xavier all played JV basketball together two years ago when Mason and Nolan were were sophomores and Mason was a freshman, mm-hmm. and they went undefeated as, as a JV unit. And then last year they were moved up to the varsity, all three started, and, and Jared came in last year, and he played JV last year. So uh, Nolan, Mason, and Xavier came in with the varsity experience. And uh, Jared has just kind of burst on the scene. Uh, he got a lot better over the summer, and uh, he's really explosive, a great shooter, and and good with the ball. So we really have four offensive weapons. Um, and then you add in, you know, Connor Ulrich, who – is is kind of an inside out threat for, for us. We really have the ability to score from five positions and I think that kind of surprises some some schools or some opponents. Um I think last night, you know, specifically I, I don't I haven't talked to coach Coase, but um they really they really bottled up Mason and and Jared in the second half and and Nolan stepped up and made huge shots.
1: Chris Giusti, the uh, NFA coach of the undefeated 20 and 0 Wildcats joining us on the courtside podcast uh coach i'm curious i I don't have the other schedules in front of me i'm looking at this year knowing you have a certain amount of openings did you schedule judiciously knowing you could have this kind of season or these teams that you played in the past and just continue to play them home and home
0: yeah it's a little bit of both just um just basically, I have you know the way our league is, we we have eight openings, so I just have to kind of take what I could get, and and usually I go back to the well, um, in terms of teams I have existing relationships with um, that owe us a home game, or we owe them an away game, and then from there I kind of I just go on the CIAC website and see what's open, and really the big thing for me in in scheduling games is is getting them into the calendar in a way that we could get it spaced out so we're not overloaded in one month or one week. Um, so, you know, looking at uh, the strength of schedule, you know, I, I didn't necessarily schedule it any in any way to get more difficult games or less difficult games. It just kind of worked its way out that those teams needed games and they had openings on the dates that we needed a game. So that's why we scheduled it.
1: Was it good to have Xavier late because, like you said, what they were able to do to you defensively having that kind of game leading into the postseason after playing so many, well, other than Hall, basically uh, ECC games uh, going into the tournament, having somebody outside the league just to get a fresh look at something else or what you might see in Division One
0: absolutely I mean it it could have worked out better honestly like last year we played Xavier in the very first game of the season and we had all intents to to kind of do that again um but it didn't work out and so we had to put it at the very end of the season and and I didn't know you know what type of team uh Xavier was going to have but they're having a tremendous year and, and the kid uh the kid KJ Grisham is is just incredible yeah. and he's he's some he's somebody that you got to watch if you like high school basketball. Uh he put on a show last night and we knew we knew he was really talented. Um so yeah, it did, it did work out that um that we ended up getting, you know, probably on paper uh, our toughest match in the very last game and then, you know, we we blitzed them in the first half and then, you know, they came out and they showed us, you know, some things that You know, we're gonna have to be ready for moving into the postseason.
1: How motivated were the guys based off of last year getting to the final at Mohegan, getting that experience, and then I mean, losing to Waterford there and then I believe losing in the first round, if I'm not mistaken, in division one last year. Is that motivation there or is that really kind of overdone in in
0: journalists' mind?
1: In our in our journalists' mind (laughs) that we we think about that that's motivation and maybe it's not the case. How do you look at it?
0: Yeah, I think it's I think there's a little bit of motivation there absolutely and i also think that the fact that you know you got two uh, great senior competitors in Xavier and Nolan who you know they've they've had success in football but haven't quite you know gone as far as they wanted to in the states they had success in basketball but you know didn't get the the ECC final championship last year or and didn't and, you know didn't go advance in the states so I think having those two guys that are hungry competitors, both of them are, are really want to win, and and they do whatever it takes to try and help their team. You know that that helps, you know more than anything else. Just having that leadership at in the senior slot that you know guys that really want to win as opposed to get stats.
1: Chris Giusti joining us on the podcast uh, currently uh, the top seed in Division One. I, I have a feeling that Sacred Heart might pass you tonight with the Torrington win. I don't know exactly because I think they we're ahead of you at one point last over the weekend. So you're either going to be one of the two seed. Have you looked at that in your bracket, and have you seen the teams in your half of the bracket? Have you done any scouting yet? Or, or
0: yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I've seen um, virtually everyone. um haven't seen Immaculate. Um, it doesn't look like I don't know what's going to happen with them in Weston, so it, I guess it is possible um, somehow we could see them. Um, but I've seen I've seen all the other uh, teams in the top eight, and then I've seen some of the teams also um, from nine through twenty-four. Um, luckily, we got a bye, so I will get to see that first round game, mm-hmm. uh, to see the first opponent, and um, that's going to be a challenge. Just as you as you mentioned in the email, Joe, this, this Division One tournament is going to be something special.
1: Yeah, how loaded? Listen, we Sean and I used to like to reminisce about the old Division One tournament in the mid two thousands before that system went went away. And this one is really obviously it's done better. a good job of pushing listen, the teams of choice and the best teams up in the in the upper divisions and it's made it a great tournament. Um would you did you enjoy, watch any of it once you got eliminated last year? Have you watched any games once you are done? I mean obviously you played Hill House a few years ago before it became division one. It, it's really stacked is basically what we're all saying here and I think only the best teams can win four or five games in this division. To be honest,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely try to go see. I I, I don't remember if I saw what I saw prior to the final. I did see the final, of course. Um, I always go to the final, and and um, okay. we 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 actually we had played um, we had played Notre Dame Fairfield the year we lost to Hill House. We had we had played them, and. Um, you know, so we got it. I I saw them. And, you know how good they were, and then last year, um, that East Catholic, you know, Windsor game, that you know the, the fourth time, um, so that that's something that I try to keep an eye on. You know, but you know, hopefully this year I'll be watching it from the sideline.
1: Can't, what is this team going to have to do? I mean, I, I don't want the ECC is obviously the important thing right now, and you want to take care of that and. Play at Mohegan Center and win it, but Division One. I, I mean, what is it going to take for any team to win this bracket?
0: I think at the end of the day, you know, we we overemphasize all the the little things, um, and, and I think those are important. All the little things like loose balls, rebounding, you know, no turnovers, all that. But at the end of the day, in Division One, you got to make shots. You just you have to score points, and you got to make you got to make big shots. Um, you know, I I I mean, the scores are going to be lower because the teams are so much better defensively. So it's just going to put a premium on shot making. Like when you do get an open shot, you got to cash it. Um, and and your best players got to be able to exploit mismatches and and be able to score. Um, there's not going to be as many, you know, just easy buckets that you just get because a player just throws the ball to you and you get a layup. Um so there's going to be a lot more contested, high-level shot making that needs to happen and um I think the team that is able to to make those kinds of plays is is going to advance more easily than than the team that um, re- really relies on trying to get easy buckets off, off turnovers and, and things like that.
1: NFA, the top seed in Division One, you're facing, I believe, the winner of what, Woodstock and Bacon Academy? Is that correct? Uh, That's yeah. correct, yep. Um, how yep. – all right. How important is it, do you think, for somebody like Waterford, you guys that played on that floor at Mohegan Sun and, and was a chance to get back there? How – Meaningful is it to play the ECC final there and possibly Division One final in your mind?
0: Oh, I think that's an advantage. I mean, just like anything else, um, maybe not as big of an advantage as, as people think um, because it is only that one game. But I think definitely in terms of the, the walking into the building, like, you know, hopefully uh, that's a, something that we get a chance to do. Again, the walking into the building part is – is interesting how they take you through the bowels of the of the arena and you go into the locker room it's a kind of a it's kind of a makeshift locker room and, and just getting used to like how you have to go about getting ready as opposed to getting ready in a you know in a high school locker room that that's an advantage but really when you go on the court uh, once you know the game starts and you get the jitters out it for I thought for the most part uh the game played out relatively normally as uh, against Waterford last year with the exception of just that they put down the wrong court for us last year. So we played on the WNBA court. So oh. that was a little bit different. Um, so as long as they get the court right, I do think that it's a little bit overblown because you really can't, you really can't practice with that backdrop and right. and you're not going to really remember it for a year later. Like, oh, the backdrop. I remember how I have to adjust my shot because of this backdrop I think it just takes time, you know, a couple, you know, maybe a quarter or so, uh, to get used to to how things go in that in that arena.
1: Is it more meaningful, Chris, for the kids out that way because that you guys live out there to, as a destination, or is it not as important because you live out that way to play at Mohegan Sun? versus the ones who maybe were in Fairfield County or other parts of the state who see it as a destination, do you guys see it as the destination and a possibility to get big crowds because you're so close, or not really?
0: Uh, absolutely no it's a big deal for us it's it's a huge deal to have it at mohegan sun um i i don't know what the what the feelings are around the state i'm I'm sure they love it also yeah, they, they, I do. When they do remember they
1: do they do yeah sorry go ahead
0: no that's fine yeah so i mean no but it's it's a huge deal for us to get there because it's not somewhere it's not readily accessible to us you know right. it's just, it's not readily you know we don't get we can't go play pickup games there or anything <laughs> like that and Um, so, so it's, it's, it's in, you know, when they do have basketball games there, they're, they're either professional women's games or high level college games, you know, so, um, it's a big deal.
2: So what do you think about the, you know, you guys get there, I'm sure your students are going to show up, but I mean, I know that a a big crux of it going to Mohegan Sun, uh, not only was it providing experience for the kid, but a lot, a lot of the crux of it was they couldn't fit it all into, uh, into, the uh into waterford's gym when they had east east lime and uh you know waterford playing it it got to be a mess so like well we'll play it here we'll get this give their kids their experience but now everyone's got it now at waterford's not it i mean they could be getting it i guess but if you guys get there like last year i mean was it how was the how was the crowd
0: our crowd was our crowd was tremendous waterford's was big too um i think Waterford. Maybe they they kind of they they were so good and they had experienced the the uh, the championship the year before. I, I don't know if they right. were as excited. Um, yeah, I, they had a, foul a like by that. Mike. De, there was a, there was a there was a quote by Mike DeMauro and um, after they won it, it, it said it looked like they it looked like the Red Sox celebrating a win in mid-May. <laughs> um, but, uh, but 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 <laughs> it was that was a great quote. But you know for our crowd was really it was really came out hard and um we you know obviously we were we were the hunters and and um you know when you're the underdog and the hunters i think you know you get there's sometimes a lot more buzz than when you're the favorite
2: right and you guys are i mean now you're the favorite right and uh it's kind of on you guys now your guys are the darling team i mean who else is out there that you know could be a a problem for you guys in this tournament
0: oh, i mean the league is wide open um, I think you know you got Fitch, you got Ledyard, you got you got Waterford, East Lyme, Stonington, New London, and then you know Woodstock and Bacon. That's the tournament. And if you look, you know, I don't want to, I'm not putting any bulletin board material out there, but <laughs> you know, you just you look you look at the the round robin, and they you know you can't use the transitive property in this league. Uh, it won't apply. <laughs> you know, this team beat this team, so this team's going to beat that team. You know, you you can't use it because They've all kind of knocked each other off on a given night. So, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting, um, even in the, this quarterfinal round, who who ends up at Waterford on Saturday. We could have some surprises.
2: So we had the last few years, we had Bill Bassett. He's wearing, uh, you know, his regular tie. He had his little tie and striped shirt combo. I noticed last yep. night Ned Griffin put out a nice photo of you wearing this this white suit this this nice looking white suit. It's great with a silver tie. You got a nice grin on your face. Is that something we're gonna see throughout there? Are you a superstitious guy? Is that something you're gonna see if you get to the final here or or what? Give me the story I mean, behind the, that. The
0: white I, the white suit's got to go to the cleaners because last night there was a lot of hugging, so <laughs> it's, it's, it, you know there's a lot of smudges on it. So the white suit's gonna be in the cleaner. So I don't know if that'll be out. Um, for the ECC tournament, just you know, I just try to, you know, I just try to participate with the the student section as much as I can. You know, I knew they were having a whiteout. Uh, we kind of coordinated that we we're going to have a whiteout night. So I kind of usually they have a whiteout on the last night. So we, um, I wanted to to do something for that. You know, I'm not going to participate in Cowboy Night when they had that. <laughs> um, so so you know, I I I just wanted to I just wanted to to get our crowd. You know hyped up, and anything I could do to bring a a tiny bit more energy to the game, I'm going to try to do. Um, It was fun. I got a lot of compliments. I got some people, you know, asking for uh, an ice cream or some some fried chicken also, because they thought uh, (laughs) I was dressing up as a certain character, but uh, they were just busting me, and... And definitely the students loved it. So, and and that's that's what it's all about. You know, just making it fun for the kids. You got to get a
2: different tie for that. Just to, you know, FYA. You know, to be Colonel Sanders, I think you got to. I don't know what those ties are. What are they? Yeah, I don't know. I know
0: the guys. People just wanted to crack some yeah. jokes. Well, I, I, think. I
1: I'd say the first thing I thought of was when Rick Pitino was at Louisville. He would yeah. Wear, he would wear those outfits. That he wore a lot of those white outfits during their whiteouts. Um, And that's something. Funny
0: you say that, because my my mentor, the former head coach Neil Curlin, said, "Ditch, ditch the Patino suit in the states. (laughs) Uh, Too too much, too much motivation for the opponent."
2: Hey, hey, (laughs) listen. Like I said, Bill Bassett, we I caught on to that the basketball tie, right? <laughs> right. He had the basketball tie, and he's, I caught on to that. I'm like, you know, Bill Bassett's wearing the same same outfit for every championship <laughs> game here, and he was like, you know, very funny about that. And he went on to this whole story. It wasn't by on purpose, and then all of a sudden, it was on purpose. He started wearing it. I don't know. Maybe you try it out for the first round of states. You win there. Maybe you're gonna have to either get a news, get another suit, or you, you're gonna have to get a get a real close relationship with your cleaners.
0: That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I sp- speed dry cleaning. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Chris Juicy, the NFA coach, joining us. Uh, twenty and zero. I know you only have a few more minutes, uh, coach. Um, I mentioned twenty and zero. Is there pressure having not lost a game? Trying to go for an undefeated season? Because that's basically all there's yeah. left. I uh, mean, the title, the ECC, Division One title. Is there pressure trying to live up to that billing?
0: I think there might have been some pressure in the middle of the season. Um, but I think my guys are playing with so much confidence now that – it it really you know, Howie Dickman, the great Howie Dickman, former uh UConn assistant coach yes. and central Connecticut head coach, he's a he's a graduate NFA. His father oh, well, is actually not either wow. of, Yeah, yeah. His father the the locker room's named after his dad who coached who, Howard Dickman Senior, who coached here uh, for twenty two years wow. um and uh in the forties, fifties and sixties and um and then his son went here. And and then you know went and played at Central. You know, he came and watched us at Weathersfield, and he came into the locker room and in that raspy voice he says, "What's the most Mason? What's the most important game you're going to play?" And uh, you know Mason's like the last game. And he's like, "No, the next one." And then everyone's like, "Yeah!" Like everyone's going crazy. And and we just kind of we've just kind of kept that model now. What's the most important after every game? What's the most important game? The next one. So we've just kind of listened to that. To that advice, and um, I, I really didn't feel pressure to go twenty and zero. We just felt like Xavier was a really good team, and um, you know we needed to step up to the challenge to see where we're at.
2: Well, you certainly did that. That's a tremendous job by you guys, and uh, you know, it looks like you guys are all fired up out there. Out and we'll uh, see what we uh, get uh, for next week. There, we got a big tournament coming up, and. I don't know. It should be should be really exciting. Like I told your uh, your your I guess your AD or somebody out there. I, I'm anxious to go see you guys play at some point. Uh, hopefully, we get to see it.
0: I hope so too. And, and I, once again, I appreciate you guys for for giving us some attention. And um, you know, shout out to my to my assistant coaches who have been so good this oh, year. Yeah, uh, go ahead, yeah. West Wes Murphy, Terry Williams, Marcus Outlow, Jeff Brown. Um, just have done a great job with these kids, and and, and Marcus, you know, I co- I got to coach Marcus, Terry, and Wes. Um, Terry and Wes were um, on the undefeated team in oh six oh seven yep. when I was a oh, JV wow. coach, and then Mar Marcus was the uh, was was the star of uh, my first year as a head coach. A nice way to to become a head coach and have Marcus Outlow be. Be the guy that um, is leading your team. So, yeah, um, that I'm was just the, so appreciative that they've come back.
2: That was a game that finally it was like they, they finally they broke the uh, the new line. Wait, 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 they didn't play Newland, you played Woodstock in that final. But Marcus went off. Yeah, yeah. And it was funny because him and uh, I mean, it was Rommel. Rommel, what was the last? Yep. Uh, anyway, Rommel Williams. Yeah, Rommel Williams. They were like, you got to come out because I covered him in football. And like, you got to come out, you yep. got to come out, you got to come out. I'm like, as long as you guys put on a show, I'll come out. And I went, <laughs> I went out there. They put on a show. We took pictures. I mean, I love those guys. Marcus is, you know, I've, I've got a good relationship with him through football. And, and obviously, that basketball game was was, was great to finally break the—because New London had won six in a row. This was back before they even yeah. had it div- divided up in Division One and Division Two, Right. Uh, so that was a big deal because they had the. Chris yeah, they had, Dunham, they had a guy by the name of Chris Dunn. He was yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, he was Yeah, okay. he wasn't bad. <laughs> They've had
1: some pretty good talent, but we'll listen— Chris Giusti of the 20 0 Wildcats, one of only three remaining undefeated teams in the state. The others are Sacred Heart and Prince Tech. Chris, good luck in ECCs. Good luck in the Division One tournament. We'll see you down the road. Thanks Absolutely. for joining us.
2: Thanks, coach. Thanks, guys. So, Joe, that was Chris Giusti of NFA. You, know, hey, you got his name right. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't. I,
1: That's okay, man. I get names wrong
2: all the time. Right. Um. <laughs> just ask me. Listen they congrats them great job i mean obviously their, their their team nobody knows much about other than the team some of the teams they played. xavier knows all about them now um and uh, well you know listen they uh, haven't won a, an ecc title since 2014 when marcus outlaw was there you know chucking down three I remember, pointers against I woodstock reading about that yeah, yeah i went to that game that was fun but um yeah i mean that should be i, I listen i love this time of year love it this, I, this the the CIAC structure is just like the NCAA, and that's, that's what I love about this. It's like everyone's got their little league tournament, yep. and then you get into, then you get into the, then you get into the big tournament.
1: I think it's cool that they listen. I don't know if the people think it's a big deal about the Mohegans. I think it's cool that they've gotten it for the girls and the boys tournament. I think it's yeah. nice that absolutely the fans showed up last year. They had 3,000, yeah. three thousand, thirty five hundred last year for the league finals. So I, the, the division of the boys. Now the girls, I think it's, I think it's a cool thing. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, we talked about it on, on the last segment with, with Coach Juicy, but you listen, know, there's, I mean, you, you got to get there. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's a big deal. No, I a mean, big deal that they host. It's like an advantage. I don't think it's a big deal. Like it's a big advantage for them to have played on the floor. Do you? Nah,
2: no, not really. I mean, listen. At least they get to get uh, for they, other
1: teams to complain about. I'm talking about r-
2: right. At least they get there. I mean, that's the goal. I mean, uh, you want to get you want to play back again. It's a special place. I love the place. I think it's like uh, you know, well, the crown jewel of. Uh, I mean, it's probably. you
1: know, I, mean, I don't know about. It's better than, than well, gamble. Well, they, they just but reupped. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they re-upped a three year deal with the CIC yeah. for this year. So they they love having it. it's it been there since 09. Yeah. It's a it's a again it's a destination place. Yeah, they absolutely. love having people because because the cas- the people who operate the building they want to have different people in the building and then for that weekend they have people who normally aren't going to be there yeah. at the casino. Obviously, you know, and as Chris told you, they come through the bottle, so the kids never actually step foot in the casino if they don't have to. So I think it's that was the big concern with the border control. Oh, a uh, gambling yeah. establishment? Oh, how are yeah. we going to have? Do you remember that whole thing? And oh, I yeah. think it's, I, I think it's worked out better than anybody could have ever thought yeah. it I, would have. And in Central Connecticut, as great as it was, small arena, it's a distant memory. Gamble does not ha- host it for a couple years. They really don't want to have it. Gamble's just,
2: just out there it's just way out i mean it, nice not that the mohegan's not out there but mohegan it feels like you you, you know you you're around that corner going yes. up uh you know what i mean you get on the access road you're around that corner right and then bang you hit you get hit with the glass and steel of, it just kind of rises out of the uh out of the hills of, out of eastern the connecticut patch. Out of the pumpkin yeah out patch. Of the pumpkin patch it feels like yeah. it, it's like it's like a starship just like on the launch pad there, and you get in, you know, all of a sudden you're like, whoa! Look they, at this. It's a
1: first class operation. They Absolutely. They treat the kids well. They treat the coaches well. They treat the media well. <laughs> they treat the media well, but they, it's and listen, you get to go in for ten dollars for each session. So, so now you're gonna have five games Saturday. You're gonna have five games Sunday. Ten dollars, I believe, for each session. I think it's a it's, it's a great. good place. There are people who do complain about ah, it shouldn't be, but you know what? Where else are you gonna have it? They're, you're limited to where you could have it now. Yeah. No. You, no. You, I, there's, nowhere there's nowhere There's nowhere
2: else. And the only other place I can think of off the top of my head would be uh, would be Harbor Yard, and it, it wouldn't even be close. No, it, it no be, way it wouldn't be. No, wouldn't even be close. It's it's it's, it's the premiere. I mean, they they've done an amazing job there. I wish, I wish there was something like that for football. In fact, I said in the football podcast a few months ago, Mohegan Sun, let's now build an indoor arena for football. Let's do that.
1: That'd be great. Well, you got imagine that um, little dome and football Frenchler was. Was turf? Maybe we'd have a different story, but yeah. they're not well, going back there. So Rensselaer
2: needs to. Well, that's the problem. Like Mohegan Sun has the ability to kind of really, uh, you know, make a deal with the CIAC where everyone's kind of making out on how much money it's going to cost and, and what it takes. And it's a sweetheart deal they got there. It's it's a sweetheart deal. And I just wish there was something like that for football, and, and, and for, that football would be amazing. And if, if you want more
1: about like that, that, to be honest, I think. Uh, I listened a little bit to the uh, the girls' podcast uh, Give and Go with Greg Simon from the CIC. He oh, yeah. talked a little bit about the the arrangement and just the, the destination stuff. And I, I think that's one thing, you know, a lot of people complain about the CIC, in right or wrong, but I think that's one thing that's worked out for a lot of people. And a lot of people are happy because that's – as Chris said, he goes to see the final. I mean, you can go in there and you can blend in, and nobody ever knows you're there. You go watch, and sit yeah. there like a fan, and join the other six or seven thousand people, and hopefully, maybe eight or nine. Some like because, like he mentioned, Chris Dunn. They haven't had like nine over nine thousand since Chris Dunn played. Yeah, that's the last time I can remember seeing that attendance. But it's together.
2: always been it's always been really well attended. Really it well. I mean, you know, it's an event. You come in, you come, go. You go to see maybe you see a couple games around the one you really want to see,
1: go, and you go play. You know, you are gonna go play, yeah. go play, go eat, go go eat. There is plenty of restaurants. Weekend. It's a, I mean, it's obviously an expensive place to stay. There is hotels nearby, so obviously, you know, um, it's a great place. It's gonna be a great weekend, and it's it's tournament time. Strong. Yeah,
2: I know. I am all I am all fired up. I don't like you know I don't like ten games. I don't like ten games. I don't like five tournaments. We don't need five tournaments. Uh, what I would that. like to see. CIC I would like because you know what the division one tournament is so hard now and maybe even say the same thing for for girls but the division one boys tournament is so impossible now I would even suggest playing semifinals there that's just me maybe make it like a final
1: four man I don't know food for thought you can think about that we'll get to that down the road we've had a great time it's now time for the postseason it's the best time of year for Sean Bowley I'm Joe Morelli courtside podcast we'll talk to you next week